Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome in the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reason Sports Network. I'm Ethan Skolnick. Make sure you check out fivereasonsports.com. New columns this week from Nikias Duncan and also from Greg Sylvander, our NBA columnist. I'll also have something up in the next couple of days. Heat losing streak has pushed it back, plus my just general procrastination. Also, check out the other podcasts in our network, Three Yards Per Carry, all the combine coverage. That's actually going on as we speak. A lot of Guys running around in their underwear. I've covered that event before. Um, also, check out Five Rings Canes. Balls Cast will be back soon, I am told. The Shuvala Ball podcast. And our big push, Alex is involved with this, our YouTube channel. Not only are you going to get our podcast there, our post-game videos, everything that comes out of Locker Room, but also some original shows. We've got an original Dolphin show that's on there now from Lewis Sung, uh, which kind of takes everybody's Twitter and Facebook comments on the Dolphins. And mocks them and plays around with them um, on this YouTube show. And actually, it's kind of similar to what we've been doing here on Five on the Floor of late. Before we get to today's episode, I want to talk about one of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. You can find them at onecalllegal.com, onecalllegal.com. Make sure you spell it out, O-N-E, calllegal.com. They've got someone there 24 hours a day to ha- handle your case, <clears throat> Excuse me, whether it's personal injury, immigration, slip and fall, traffic ticket, sports law, anything that you can think of, they handle it, and they handle cases from all over the state based right there in North Miami, just south of the Golden Glades off 108th and 7th Ave. So go check out the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. Again, it's onecalllegal.com. And now, today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney. AKA Alf954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back. I've got Alex Toledo, um, but something a little bit different for you. Um, our friend Alphonse Sydney was supposed to be in Colombia by now. Are you aware of this, Alex, uh, that he missed his flight today to Medellin? Do you know this? No, I did not know this. Yes. Uh, he's blaming it on all kinds of other people. Um, now, I've been to Columbia before, as people might uh, suspect. I don't think I'll be probably going back anytime soon at this rate. Uh, but Alf, uh, I don't know, just delayed it 24 hours, uh, seemed inebriated when I spoke to him earlier this afternoon. Oh, and, I, can, I can confirm. I don't even have to ask. I just know. Yeah. If, he, if he got delayed at the airport, what, what do you think he's doing? Well, exactly. And, uh, and then he compared himself to me in some way. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I said, can you pod <laughs> with us tonight now that you're here another night? And it just didn't happen. So, so uh, we're going to permanently replace Alf um, because he was delinquent in his duties, not just on getting on a plane, but also then making one up with us because he hasn't potted with both of us in a while. And we're going to go not just across the pond. We're going to go across a few ponds. Um, and we're going to introduce our next guest who I think some people are getting familiar with on Twitter. That's where I found his work. Uh, you can find him at Simon Sperling on Twitter. Um, he is kind of 
the overseas answer to our own Christian Hernandez. We're going to have to have a stat battle here on the podcast. Um, Simon is joining us, not our Simon Clancy from Three Arts But Carries based in London, but Simon Smith, who currently, where are you right now? Uh, I'm in Melbourne, Australia, so I'm just at my, at my home computer. Yeah. Melbourne, Australia. This is the, just, again, I'm going to tell a little anecdote, and then we're going to get to Simon. People don't understand the impact that the Heat have around the world. And among the people who didn't understand it was Dwayne Wade, because he always tells this story about the first time he went to, I believe it was uh, the Philippines, I, I think. Okay, it wasn't China, because China he had been to before. First time he went there, he didn't think anybody was going to meet him there on the plane, and he was there with Lisa Joseph, who managed a lot of his affairs, and she just tweeted out. This was like early-stage Twitter just tweeted out that he was going to be somewhere and like 5,000 people showed up, you know, and it was like an hour before they were about to land. I don't really think people understand the impact of the heat. So Simon, before we kind of get to the information you're going to bring today, give us your background a little bit. How did you become a heat fan? Who are you working for now? All that good stuff. Uh, I mean, I started following the NBA actually in probably 1991. So like I've been following for about 30 years. So um, started with the Bulls, the Jordan era and all that sort of thing, worked my way around and I mean, it's a funny story, but I mean, it's not a funny story, but I was actually in Miami the day that the, of the decision. So that's basically how I started following the heat. I was actually in Miami the day of the announcement with LeBron joining and um, I've basically, yeah, I've been sort of passionately involved ever since. So obviously I was a bandwagon jumper at first, but um, that's that's the long, that's the sort of short short tale of how I became a Heat follower. So not only did the Heat get Bosch and LeBron that day, they got you um, all, all <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> not yeah. that you're, like, like you said, not that you're the only one because there, there were a lot of others that they got. Now, most of, most of those, Alex, could we say most of those have left, right? Yeah, the, a lot of them were, were, were American fans who were following around LeBron and, you know, have now moved on to being Lakers fans. Or, like Cubs the Legend, like that yeah. one? Oh, wow. 73 and nine and they lied right that's isn't that his tag i've met him a few times by the way because when oh really well because i was following lebron around too but i was doing it for work um Hmm. cuffs was doing it (laughs) wow cuffs was doing it to pretend to be drake right like he he would get the seats right there like he's like i I guess nick wright is like the media version of cuffs right like yeah except without the benefits Without the, right, without the benefit. I don't know if LeBron knows who Nick Wright is. I'm not sure. Um, but but Nick Wright is pushing that agenda. Uh, so anyway, bandwagoners who stay, <coughs> I think we respect. Right, like if you if you were a Heat fan but you stayed a Heat fan like through the Henry Walker era, like I oh. I think I think you deserve to stay. Yeah, I mean it wasn't. I mean following Cleveland is obviously not an option. So it's like, well, <laughs> you need to stay with something. And um, I, I just. I mean, I remember just towards the end of um, when LeBron was uh, with the Heat that Levitard did one of his rants and that sort of got me sort of attached to Miami a bit more, if you remember when he was doing those um, sort of Of ones. And that that sort of got – I mean, it didn't get me completely over the line, but it sort of – I thought, well, I'm not going to leave Miami now. So that, that was sort of what kept me going and here we are. All right, so we adopt you. So we're all the way from Melbourne. All right, so let's get yeah, to was some Was it worth this. it? Say that again. Was it worth it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, um, <laughs> obviously, the first couple, first year was obviously disappointing, but, I mean, it's obviously been up and down for, what, now three years, and obviously now this year has been terrific, you know, bar the last fortnight. But, 
it's good fun. I don't think Alf would ever use the phrase Fortnite, uh, the word Fortnite in our pod. So we've already I upgraded the level it. of intellectualism uh, here on the podcast. I feel like, again, I've got the other Simon with me uh, for three yards per carry. All right, so, so let's, go, let's go to some stuff, Simon, because Alex and I have basically beaten this to death. I was mentioning this to you before Alex came on today that you know, he and I have done a bunch of podcasts, as with Alf. I mean, the, the team's lost seven of nine. Uh, they look dispirited. Um, they, they just don't look the same. I think Bam said at practice today exactly what I kind of witnessed last night, which is that they're not playing with any joy. He said him and Jimmy have to bring the joy back, but Jimmy looked every, anything but joyful yesterday. Um, Alex and I were in the locker room, and Jimmy was kind of staring at his phone for like 10 minutes before the media came over. He looked very distressed. And the media came over. He did about two and a half minutes. I mean, I, I think – you know, again, people have asked what's going on with him. I think it's up to Jimmy to tell people what's going on with him if he wants to. I don't think he should feel obligated to. I'm certainly not going to do it. I don't have all the details, but I have enough of an idea uh, to know this is a difficult time for him. But what we're going to kind of look at is Alex and I have, have broken this down a number of different ways. Um, but I want to start with some stuff, <laughs> some stats and numbers that you put out related to a guy who I always defend because I think part of it is just because I like him. I like his game. I respect how hard he's played for Miami. Uh, but I think there's some things right now we really can't ignore. What's some of the stuff you found on Goran Dragic in the clutch? Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, where do we start? But, I mean, I mean, I suppose the main thing is that, I mean, we are just speaking off air before, is that he, um, obviously he's 33 now and he's, you know, whether or not he's, you know, he's said himself that he's not quite as fast as he once was. And um, whether that, you know, whether or not that affects his three-point shooting, he's 0 of 11 from three in, in his 67 clutch minutes this season, which is obviously pretty horrific. But um, it's, yeah, it's one of those things where um, it's it's hard, I don't know, it's it's just, it's hard to put a, put a pinpoint on because he, he is the leading scorer for the Heat over the course of the season in the fourth quarter. He's got over 200 points in total. So, um, I mean, it's just more, it's more the, um, the bottom line facts. He's a minus 31. He's four of 20 from the field in the clutch all season. So, I mean, you know, whether you put it all down the Goran's a bit, a bit sort of, you know, that's a bit tough. But at the end of the day, it's, um, I mean, there's probably, you know, there's probably 20 factors that are all counted you know, as one, but mm. Goran's probably the one that's just sort of stood out if, if you just go by a statistical sort of standpoint. Now, is that, okay, and again, now defense is a whole other issue where his plus yeah. minus is pretty horrific there, but I, I mean, offense is what he's generally provided the rest of the game. Now, the observation that I've had on this, and the numbers kind of back this up, is he seems to play really well in the first six minutes of the fourth quarter and then fall apart. Um, and I'm just wondering, I'll go to Alex on this. And one thing we've observed is sometimes he puts, Spolster puts Dragic in kind of like halfway through or four minutes left in the third quarter and then doesn't take him out. Like, or doesn't yeah, I'm not take a fan him out. Of that. For, right? For very long, right? So I, 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 I'm I not feel like stuck. He's at the point where he should not be doing that, right? Like, he's too old for this. Right. Uh, especially like if you're trying to get something out of him in the fourth quarter as a creator. And to be, you know, at least not horrific on defense, yeah, maybe you should start playing him more in short bursts, especially, you know, when Hero comes back and they have a little bit more creation. But I think the other problem with Goran not with the defense is, like, they don't have any point-of-attack defenders on that end. So it looks even worse on him because they're just going from none to Goran 
and there's no real like defense at that position now. So I think it stands out even more, right? Because they're just their defense is always bleeding from that position now. Well, and the other part of that, and uh, Simon and I were talking about this before we came on air, is I was looking at some of the okay. So one, another guy who posts some some numbers here on Twitter, he goes actually by the the Mad Heat fan. I don't know if you follow the Mad Heat fan. Um, I, you know, again we. We try to engage Twitter as much as we can, but these numbers are legitimate. Um, I, I cross-checked them. So, okay, Kendrick Nunn alone, 1,245 minutes, has 114 offensive rating. I'm rounding these up. 114 offensive rating and 108 defensive rating for a plus six. So Kendrick Nunn alone is a plus six. Goran Dragic alone in 920 minutes is 116 offensive rating, about 110 defensive rating, so about a plus six. Both of them alone are pretty damn good, right? Now, here's what they are with both of them on. 410 minutes, 110 offensive rating, 116 defensive rating, a minus six. So he tweets, this shouldn't be happening. Somebody tell Spo. And this is one of those cases where, like, if Alf was on right now, we would say, I test theater, checks out. Because all year long, Alex, I've been saying, like, watching Dragic and Nunn together, it looks like they just met for the first time. Like they game, do they have any chemistry together? I don't feel like they've developed like like the chemistry that Dragic developed with Dion. Like I don't see it with none at it's all. Because none doesn't get to the basket like Dion does, or at least like right. he did in that one year when they won so much. Like Dion, the past couple seasons has turned into more of a pull up jump shooter. But back then he was he had a nice little steady diet of uh, drives to the rim and passing out. Uh, pull up jumpers, and I think that it, it was a really good mix with Goran. And I think that's why it was a good mix with Jimmy. Because Jimmy's always the one attacking. Goran doesn't – it takes the pressure off Goran to be attacking because he can't really do it anymore. It's, he made his career off of that. But now, it's like, Goran's whole offense is, is you know, pull-up shooting whenever the defense drops. It's just the timing on those shots now. And, and I feel like none – it's like neither of them are great point guards. Dragic is obviously better in that end. Mm-hmm. But they're not – neither are natural creators. So it can be kind of awkward. They're both minuses on defense, small lineup. So it's just not a great fit. Have you seen anything there? Is, is there? is there any number, Simon, that would be out there that suggests who Goran should be playing with? Uh, that's put me on the spot. Um, <laughs> just going, I mean, just going through, I mean, I posted this a few weeks ago, I can't remember, but just, I mean, without stats, but I test, but I'm not sure how well he plays with, say, Duncan Robinson. Like, just, mm. he just seems to, I mean, Goran is, I mean, I love Goran, but he seems to just sort of work in, you know, pick and roll with the, whoever the big is and then he'll either pull up or he'll whatnot. But just for the season of all the, um, where are we? I'm just going to here. I mean, Duncan Robinson has made, I'm just reading, 244 field goals for the season and only 17 have been assisted by Goran. So mm-hmm. you know, the most have been by Bam and obviously he, you know, he works well with the bigs and all that sort of thing. So... That's probably one player. I'm not sure they work together. Obviously, they don't work together. Oh, that's interesting. So, 244 field goals. And yeah. Ostensibly, the only point guard. I mean, if we still call Goran a point guard, the Heat don't have a point guard on the whole roster right now. I mean, the way that these players big. play, right, Jimmy, right, uh, and and Justice is in Memphis, uh, so they don't really they don't really have a point guard. But like to have 17 out of 244. So, I mean, you're basically talking about one out of every 12 of his field goals. And, and obviously all of Duncan's field goals are assisted because he's not creating off the dribble much for himself. Uh, I mean, a little bit, I guess, but not a ton. To only have that much from Goron tells you something. But, you know, that's always an interesting stat to me. I remember looking at that 
LeBron's first year back in Cleveland and like his, his percentage of baskets that were assisted, like nosedived from where it was with the heat. And it was just, and there were like no assists from Kyrie. <laughs> it was just like obvious that like, you know, it was all one-on-one isolation stuff. The heat don't do that, but Goron does sometimes. I mean, that, that's a little bit his, his game as Alex mentions. Um, I, just from an eye test perspective, um, I mean, Goran seems to have some rapport with Bam, um, you know, and, and then he has, and, and to me, from an eye test, but also a locker room perspective, he has it with Jimmy, um, but not down the stretch lately, right? Like that, that's, and, and, and so I want to, I want to pivot a little bit here. Um, this has been getting a lot of attention on Twitter today is, is people are actually looking at Jimmy's numbers in the clutch. Um, and what is he like one of 13 now or something like that on, on, Three-point shots in, the in, clutch, in clutch situation. I don't know. The number is horrific. I, I was, I was the fact that he's taken that many in the clutch is kind of crazy to me. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up because there was, there was a, a, a Philadelphia uh, – somebody from Philly obviously was pushing this. Like, today. I might have been surprised if you told me he's taken 13 threes all season. And you just told me that he's taking those in the clutch. All right, let, let me see what I can find. Okay, that might be go. a little much. All right, this is also – somebody else pushed this from Cleveland, okay? But I'm going to uh, – uh, not Cleveland. I'm sorry, Philadelphia. This is my anti-Cleveland bias. All right, but also this is from the Mad Heat fan also, okay? Uh, he's shot three of 18 for the season. Three of 18, okay. Uh, so, see? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here, here overall, look at it. Um, 89 minutes, 79 points. He's shooting 32% overall in the clutch. And I remember guys' percentages do dip in the clutch. Like even Dwayne's numbers. Look at again, RIP Kobe. One of the arguments I always had about Kobe through the years was there was this perception that he was amazing in the clutch when actually Dwayne's clutch numbers were much better than Kobe's and Kobe's were not very good. Okay. But <clears throat> so Right, right. But 14 rebounds, 15 assists, six turnovers, two steals and a block. I mean, uh, this, this comparison was made to Chris Middleton, who shot 27% in the clutch this year, taking half as many shots as Jimmy. Um, you know, so the point was Jimmy's not as bad as he seems, but I mean, he is still 32% in the clutch. And, um, and oh, here's the stat. It's when Butler's going for a game winner situation this season, he's one of 16. Oh. Right, because he, <laughs> he was one of he was one of fifteen going into that shot last night. Now again, I, I I'm gonna temper it a little bit by saying, if you look at a lot of really good players, their numbers get worse in the clutch. One of sixteen though, <laughs> is a different level. So if we're basically saying, I mean, we want to know why this thing is nosedived on the Heat at the end of games. The two guys who you know are their best sort of creators, Jimmy and Goron, have been horrible at the end of games. Is it that simple? Can we just make that statement? That in addition to the fact, obviously, Tyler's been out for the past, you know, three weeks or whatever it is, and his, his clutch numbers this year are just insane, aren't they? So mm-hmm. uh, eight of 15 threes for the year. I mean, That's in overtime, he's... He shot six of 11 threes in overtime. The rest of the team shot six of 26. So, <laughs> um, well, and you had a BAM number that was interesting to me, right? Like, well, what, was, what, we were ta- what was the one we were talking about on air? That BAM essentially is the only effective player in, in these situations of late, right? Oh, yeah. Sorry, that's the past year. So, the past two, sorry, the past two weeks, sorry, the last eight games has been four clutch games. So, BAM has shot five of 11. 
Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. And the rest of the team have shot five of thirty something. <laughs> yeah. So like he's the only one with multiple field goal makes in the past two weeks in the clutch. So All right. So all right, so, so let's do this because I always like to do this with the numbers. I mean, again, you know, you, you, sample size is always an issue, but you start to see certain trends, right? Okay, so if that's the case, let's let's be Spolster for a second, right? Because I've commented that Heat fans have basically decided that nobody can play down the stretch but Bam and Jimmy. And now we're even yeah. seeing Jimmy's numbers down the stretch are not good, but yeah. you're not taking him off the floor, right? Yeah. So then he makes the three-for-three three offense-defense substitutions against Minnesota, you know, Crowder, DJJ, and, uh, and Iguodala on defense, even though Iggy doesn't seem to be playing any defense. And then on offense, Robinson, uh, Nunn, and Dragic, because you don't have Hero, okay? So you're going three for three. Um, who, I'm Simon, looking at the numbers just specifically, I mean, since they're playing so many tight games or games that are blowouts that they're turning into tight games because they're, they're choking away 20-point leads, what yeah. would, who would you play? Like, just looking at the numbers, like, who, would you go for the offense guys? Would you go for the defense guys? Is it some combination? Like, wh- what direction should Eric be going? Just, I mean, my opinion, I'd be going for a combination. So, obviously, the two, Jimmy Jimmy and Bam, um, I mean, you'd have to – I'd put in I'd, – honestly, I'd have Crowder, Duncan Robinson and probably um, – Tyler, when, until Tyler Hero's back, I'd put in Kendrick Nunn. Okay. I'd just have Jimmy as the creator and just hope that the others can hit shots, you know, when they're there. And obviously you've got, if you've got Andre and um, Crowder out there defensively, but, you know, you probably just – I like that him. idea. I've been, I've been wanting to see those types of lineups more, especially, you know, when Hero comes back, you know, a, a closing lineup of Jimmy, Bam, and then you have Duncan and Hero. For the shooting, and then the fifth guy is Crowder, Iguodala, maybe like a, a lineup like that. I think would so a really blended, help for so, the clutch. So, so a blended lineup, so that you don't have to do this offense defense stuff. Yeah, and like obviously Duncan is somebody who constantly gets targeted in the fourth. But the hope there is that you have so much offense between Duncan and Hero, you know, surrounding Bam, and between Crowder, who's been pretty good, and enough enough defense with Jimmy Bam and Crowder there that. It's enough of a balance, but I feel like we haven't seen much of that yet. Like we've seen a lot of the Jimmy Bam, two defenders, one shooter. So, so basically, what's going to happen then, though? If you if you're talking about that, then the two vets are the guys that get squeezed, right? So, so we're basically saying Dragic and Iguodala. No, I mean, I, I mean, just. Well, I think Iguodala is like almost 
uh, you know, him and Crowder are kind of replaceable depending who's better that day or maybe there's a matchup that makes more sense for one of them. But I think all of this really does come down to matchups more than anything else. Well, do you have any numbers, Simon, on DJJ? Oh, <laughs> um, in terms of the clutch or? Just, just anything. I mean, is there anything that shows? I, he's one of the hardest players on the roster for me to figure out. Uh, okay, how about this? Yeah. How about if I post a question like this? Simon, would okay. you put Derek Jones Jr. as a fourth quarter player? I know, like, matchup dependent, but, like, do you see him as somebody that they can use as a point of, def- uh, point of attack defender in the fourth quarter, even with all his deficiencies? Like, could you build a good lineup that, yeah, that is reliable? I mean, just my opinion, I wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they, obviously, they tried yesterday. They played him at the five, which was pretty weird. I hadn't yeah. seen that before. Well, I, I, think, I think that was – well, it worked because Minnesota had no size, but I, I don't – it was odd. <laughs> <laughs> it was odd. Yeah, because he, he was playing with Andre and, and Crowder, and they were both – I mean, Crowder couldn't hit anything yesterday, obviously, and DJJ is pretty hot and cold. He can go well and he can't. But, I mean, obviously, I mean, defensively, he's there, but I wouldn't be – with, with just with the options they've got now, defensively, I, I I wouldn't have him in. But you know, I'm not going to say it's the wrong thing to do. But yeah, because because it feels like they've bought into him, right? Like I, I and that's but but when we had this conversation, Alex, like we were talking about, okay, when a hero comes back, and by the way, I, I don't know if this qualifies as news or not. I I tweeted out tonight. Uh, he's already been ruled out for Friday, along with Myers Leonard, but. And I'm hearing it's going to be a while for Tyler. Now, I, I know Tyler came out at the All-Star break and, and basically told us he wasn't supposed to tell us. The team wasn't happy he told us. There was no media official around him, which is why he told us. But that, <laughs> but that originally, I saw a Heat official the next day. He was like, oh, God, you guys got one. Because um, that wasn't supposed to get out. That basically, you know, Tyler had been told initially that it was a foot, not an ankle, and that he was going to be out uh, – for the rest of the regular season, but that it wasn't as bad as they anticipated. I'm telling you, I'm hearing maybe that his, the original diagnosis may be a little closer to the truth. So I'm not expecting him. I'm not going to say he's going to be out for the rest of the regular season, but I'm not expecting him back in the next week. Let's just put it that way. I I would be surprised. And I know I've gone out on a limb on this before and said, I didn't expect justice to play anytime soon. And everybody called me out on it when he played 15 minutes in Indiana and then he never played again. I, I, you know, so is it possible Hero shows up? Yes. Uh, am I expecting it at this point? No. So I'll just put it that way. But let, let's let's just say when – and Myers is, is, is a ways away. I can tell you that. If you saw him – I mean, you don't even have to talk to him. You just have to watch him walk. He, he's a ways away. So if you're looking at, at Hero and, and Myers back, though, um, one of the conversations that Alex and I had, Simon, was – that DJJ may be the odd guy out because if you go back to the original starting lineup, which was working, okay, with yep. Myers in there, uh, with uh, you know, with Bam and Jimmy and Nunn and Robinson, but then your bench becomes Olinick, and then you're basically choosing two of the three sort of wing defender guys, DJJ, Crowder, and Iguadala, plus Hero and Dragic. So I mean, you're not gonna play eleven consistently. Right. Silva goes back to the bench, Haslam goes back to coaching basically right um and and that's essentially where you are and then you know solomon hill too um but we've we've basically said djj may be the odd guy out it sounds to me like you sort of view that the same way right but but then alex is reluctant on this one yeah i mean i'd agree with that i'm just i mean the last few games have just been a little i mean obviously 
it's, I mean, it's hard to say, but Kelly's been shooting lights out and for whatever reason he's been stuck at sort of 15, 16 minutes like per game and I don't know. I mean, he just, just on the, I mean, just the eye test, he looked excellent yesterday. He, could, he was three of three um, on three-pointers and he's, I mean, I don't know. If they're trying him out in that Myers role where they're like, oh, we're only going to have you with that starting lineup that's so well and we see that how well you play with Bam. So, we're we're going to keep you in the beginning of the first, beginning of the third, like how they did with Myers at the beginning of the season. He's had 140 net rating for, the, I mean, sorry, offensive rating over the last three games. I'm just sort of. Is it just yeah, about playing next to Bam in the starting lineup? Because we saw how successful that pairing was two, last two years, season. Well, two years ago in particular, right? It was even better two years ago, I thought. Yeah. When yeah, they've been good. Yeah. Um, but DJJ, I think, yeah, with I mean, with the guys that have come in, I think. I think yeah. I mean, I think he'll be he'll be the odd man out, but I mean, that's yeah. I think that's an interesting like situation there because we we talked about this over and over again, like Ethan said. But they have a very like they have a weakness on defense, specifically at the point of attack. Ever since they traded Winslow, who wasn't playing much, but you know they have a there's an obvious hole there for guys like Kemba. Like they're probably not going to play the Celtics in the playoffs. But if that matchup whatever come to fruition, it will be an issue because they can't really switch like a guy like Jimmy onto Kemba. Because then you would have, you know, one of Tatum or Brown or Hayward being guarded by another bad defender. So it's just like, I feel like they can find a way to be creative and harness that aspect of him. And also the rebounding, which has been an issue. But at the same time, it's just an awkward fit. Because now when Leonard comes back, he's going to be in the starting lineup. And then from there, it's like, are, are your backup three, four, and five just going to be Crowder, Iggy, and Derek? It's, it's going to be kind of a weird fit when, he, when they're all healthy again. Yeah, I thought the offensive rebounding killed us, especially against the Cavs in overtime. That was like a killer. Like well, that's a been a consistent that's been yeah. a consistent problem. Now that's been a huge problem in the zone. Uh, what's weird about it is they're they played overall, Nance at the three. Right. Well, they're, well, their their overall problem. Right. That's true. But their overall problem has been. What's interesting to me is if you look at their defensive rebounding numbers this year, they're not that bad. It just seems like whenever they need one, they can't get it. And, and, and a lot of it seems to be with Bam at the five. I think it's because um, of Myers. Like, I, they might need a little bit of that when he's back. I, I, I feel like out. they've missed Myers more than we thought they would miss Myers. Like, I, I mean, I'm even seeing that sentiment on Twitter now. Like, I, that, that there, is, uh, there is a little bit more appreciation for what he was doing. Particularly, we saw how it kind of changed the whole tenor of the Philadelphia matchup, right, when he was back in there um, and was given the second stint in each half which he wasn't getting early in the season. So I want to get into that. I go, there's some other stuff I want to get into here uh, with Simon and with Alex. We're going to do more here in a second. Before we do, I want to tell you about a great sponsor for the Five Reasons Sports Network, Cervani Men's Custom Clothier. If it's frustrating to shop for dress clothes, you can never seem to find the right fit, color, or style. Maybe you feel like you never know what to wear or how to wear it. Maybe you got a wedding, a special event. Maybe you wear professional attire daily. You've got to go see Blanca over at Cervani Men's Custom Clothier. That's in South Miami. Her private showroom located right across from Sunset Place on Red Road. Cervani's been designing fine custom-made clothing in South Miami for over 30 years. Your custom-made suits, pants, shirts, and shoes will fit you just the way you like. So schedule a private consultation with Blanca to start looking your best and get the benefit of a female's perspective on men's fashion. Give her a call at 305 310 2085-305-310-2085. Nothing fits like custom tailored clothes. Stop buying off the rack. Just a few minutes left here. And before we go to our, you've got the floor segment where I feature somebody on, on Facebook or Twitter. 
Uh, that got us a lot of uh, a love on Miami Heat source destination. I'm going to go to another one tonight. I think we'll go to Heat, the Heat Lifers um, Facebook group. But Simon, all right, so how do you fix this? Okay, I mean, what do the numbers tell you? Because you, know, you, were, you were tweeting out some pretty remarkable stuff about BAM earlier this year. You know what, before we do, share one of those. That's sort of how I start, first started to notice your work was when you were out there kind of tweeting these stats about who BAM compared to and there were names like Chamberlain in the mix. Um, give, me, give me a BAM stat. It doesn't have to be current. Give, give me something that you've posted this year. Uh, okay. <laughs> just let me kind of scroll down for one second and I'll just get yes. back. Give, we, we, we will give you time to do that while I'm looking on the Facebook group for the angriest comment of the day. So that, that's uh, – we got a few of those. Um, I think, Alex, you were a big hit on one of the Facebook groups yesterday. So. Oh, really? How come? Uh, I don't know. I just, I just, I just a big hit. You're always a big hit. I'm gonna here. I'm gonna go to. Heat, I'm gonna go to Heat Lifers on Facebook. We're gonna. We're all gonna do a little search here. This is real time stuff. Um, all right. So this, this, the, the Heat. While Simon's looking for that, the Heat Lifers Facebook group has seven thousand members. It's a lot of damn members. Um, seven thousand members on here. Uh, this. I'm gonna read this comment. Uh, <laughs> and I think this sums up where Heat fans are. You ready? This is. This is. You have the floor. This is for Tony Aguirre. He posted this on Heat Lifers. Alex, your comments on this. Quote, to be honest, do we even want to make the playoffs? Realistically, (laughs) (laughs) realistically, how far will we get? Boston or Milwaukee would kill us. There's some nice players in the draft that would help this team next year. That's hilarious, man. The fact that he said that he basically is reasoning for not wanting to make the playoffs, even though this team is well on their way to 50-plus wins. That is, basically, his reasoning is just, well, I'm scared of the Bucks and the Celtics. Well, guess what? So am I. But that's like two teams out of eight. Like, that's hilarious, man. But he's got a good point. Maybe they should just sell off Jimmy and, and start uh, developing that young core. Some fans can find any reason to tank. Any reason to tank. I, I forgot that he'd had a draft pick this year. So you just got to wait for Riley to retire for that to ever even – even as an idea in office. As, as I always said, if you're waiting for the heat to tank, you're, you're basically following the wrong franchise. Um, cause it'll be just, a Sixers fan. Cause it sounds like it, they might tank soon. <laughs> they, they, might, they, they might have to, the, the news on MB tonight was not great. Um, so with MB and with Simmons. So anyway, thank you. You had the floor, Tony, and you basically decided that the heat, uh, should try to go from projected to win 51 to try to somehow win what 39, maybe just win a few games the rest of the season. And, pick up what the 11th pick in the draft uh, will, will that even be possible to like i, I don't so even many think games you that you make it out of the playoffs like do, do the magic or do the nets have 37 wins i yeah i don't know i mean the nets the who's who's ninth in the east washington i think it's washington right is that yeah. so yeah i think it's washington of all teams wow Get Bradley Beal in the playoffs. all right simon you've had time we, we you've got the floor back uh get, give yeah. me a bams give me a bam stat uh, this is from do you want, from two days ago or two months ago. Throw them, throw them, throw them all at me. Throw at me. What okay. Oh, well, so far this year he's had four games of thirteen rebounds plus five plus assists, three plus steals, three plus blocks. He's had four games. The rest of the league combined have had two. Wow. Which are Andre Andre Drummond and Ben Simmons. Wow. Um, early in the season he. He's opening 30 games. He had posted 315 rebounds, 135 assists, 45 steals, shot 56%. Him and Charles Barkley 
the only players in history who have done that through 30 games. No wonder Barkley likes him so much. Because Barkley's actually been positive on the heat for the first time in a while. I mean, I think some of the stats you, <coughs> you've been giving out all year have helped me put into perspective what we're watching. Um, now I want to watch him take some jumpers and be decisive. Uh, I, I just think we're at that point. I, I feel like the only person who doesn't realize Bam is that guy is Bam. Like, just take over, man. Like, he's capable of taking over. And I, there are a couple times last night, again, he w- I mean, he tried that dunk. Honestly, if he finishes that dunk on the break, they win the game because the crowd would have gone berserk um, and probably pulled themselves out of it. So he did go for it that one time, but – I just want to be see him be more consistently aggressive. That that's my I love him. I love everything about him. I love his makeup. I love his game. I love his future. Uh, I love the people who love him, who who think he's the guy. Uh, but he's got to be more aggressive. That's just that's just my opinion. I don't think he knows how good he is. So. I think you mentioned that the other day against the Cleveland game where he had the dunk opportunity and he he obviously kicked it out. Crowder missed the three in the corner. Yes. Yes. That was the yeah. I mean, that, that's that's one of a number of things, but obviously you can't fault him in any way. No. But, yeah. No. Well, he, well, even yesterday, and I know Alex. I think you differed with me on this. So that he had was it you or different? Somebody did. Um, where he had uh, he he had uh, D'Angelo Russell on his back, uh, but he had Olenek behind him, and he made a beautiful pass to Olenek, which got the layup. But again, I'm like. Sometimes I just want to see Bam take it. Just, just go for it. You have D'Angelo Russell on your back. Like, I don't remember differing with you on that, but the one thing I did say last night on the pod was that we maybe should give him credit because I saw the stat the other day where like the amount of dribble drives he's had this season has more than doubled, maybe tripled. Mm-hmm. It was like a week ago that I saw this particular stat, but Bam has upped his volume significantly in that way, and I agree with you there, though. He can still get better at it I think I think that's available to him pretty much all the time right because like he's always got a slower big on him there's always right. a lot of movement in the offense from shooters that are kind of bringing the centers up even more and I think there's just a lot of positions for him to take advantage of that even more like I think he could really be he should be their second leading scorer pretty much every game now or if not first like I think he has an ability in him even without the consistent jumper and that's the thing is like it's not even about him getting better it's just about him realizing he's better like I think he has but I think he he not yet. Not. I don't. Not, think not to that point. Good, he is yet. All right. Well, hopefully, an off season will help him do that. All right. Uh, we got to run soon. So, Simon, where do people find your work? Um, I, I write for uh, Hoops Habit. They're part of the Fan Sided Network. So, my Twitter handle is at Simon Sperling. So, that's where I basically. Uh, yeah, you can find my work there, and obviously on the Twitter, I try and basically just trying to provide stats and whatnot, just that I find interesting and hopefully informative and, um, you know, sort of try and explain, help to explain what's going on. So that's, that's where you can find me. Quick, right, well, quick question, Simon. Would you take them over the Sixers in the first round, which seems like it might be their likely opponent? Yeah. Cool. On, on how you stand on them. I personally, yeah, I would. If we can get home court, that is. If home court, I'd say Definitely. Mm. Without home court, I mean that's an obviously an easy answer. Is it twenty eight and two or whatever at home? So. Yeah, I think that's where we're at too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I just think I mean both teams have the most drastic splits in the whole league, and um, so, so you need the home court. And and I, I keep saying with the Heat, there's no excuse. There's no excuse. You don't have Hero and Leonard. They don't have Simmons. I mean, <laughs> they don't have Simmons and they don't have MB. Like secure the home court. Like that that. That's what needs to happen. To me, if you're the five seed at this point, this thing's disappointing. Like, get the four. The goal beginning of the season from the organization is what they told me up in West Palm was home court first round of the playoffs. It's right there for them. 
So take it. Anyway, Simon, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. A little bit of a different spin on things today. Um, Alex and I will be at the Heat Dallas game on Friday night. And we may pod, we may not. Depends how things go. We weren't planning on potting after Minnesota, but bleep happens. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.